Hi, welcome. I'm Nari, the host of the podcast, Things You Don't Talk About at School, where we talk about important events, topics, issues, or problems that we normally don't talk about at school. I hope you enjoy. Hi, and welcome to the fourth episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined with another special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. So, hi guys. I'm Parsa Hajipur. I'm a senior and I currently attend Studios High School. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I think it's actually so cool. Parsa told me he created his own like nonprofit organization. Um, it's called Coding Power. Now, I don't know a lot about this organization, but from what you told me, I do know that it provides like opportunities for um, like younger students to learn about coding. Um, and now that's not all about the organization. So could you tell us a bit more about the organization and why you created it? Yeah, so on like the surface level, so Coding Power is a nonprofit organization that aims to empower you through encouraging coding classes. And we offer like free beginner level courses online and also at local facilities such as like libraries, elementary schools and middle schools. And so um, what kind of like differentiates us from most like coding classes is that our purpose is of creating the organization is to inspire all children, regardless of their background um, or economic status. So that's why we provide like free courses in the local facilities, just so it's more accessible to um, like all students. And, um, and we just did this because like the, the world of coding and technology is just growing um, at a rapid pace. And so we're just at a high demand of like computer scientists and software engineers. And so we just really believe that um, if students can like find a passion um, in computer science, then like they can find their place in the um, growing technological field as well. Yeah, I love what you guys are doing because I feel like right now it's just hard to find um, free tutoring. For me personally, a lot of the tutoring that I received was not free. I had to pay and I had to pay a lot. So that just made it less accessible for a lot of people. But it's different with you guys because you guys offer free classes, which means you don't have to pay anything. And that just makes it more accessible to everybody. So these people are able to have this tutoring opportunity that they wouldn't have received at any other place. And I just love that. Also, going off of that, I think that in a way, your organization was created to combat wealth inequality and poverty because, again, you guys offer these free classes. You make it so accessible to so many people. And um, I feel like because it's so hard to find free tutoring or free education these days, that just makes it so much special that targets the problem of wealth inequality and poverty in that these pe- some people aren't able to afford tutoring, some people are able to afford it, and you're helping to address this wealth gap between those who can't afford it and those who can't afford it. So on the topic of wealth inequality, my second question is, well, I've noticed that wealth inequality has gotten more serious due to the effects of globalization. Like there is a constantly increasing gap between the very wealthy and the very poor. Um, So what do you, like, I think I saw somewhere, like, that the wealthiest 5%, like, Bill Gates or, like, Jeff Bezos, have, like, more money than the rest of society combined, and what do you think about that? Yeah, so definitely, because, like, the the most wealthiest, like, 5% are, like, people that we always look up to, right, because, like, they work so hard to, like, get to where they're at, and 
um, when I like look at these people, like I just kind of see like, oh wow, like I aspire to be like one of them. And for example, like Elon Musk, like over the past um, like five years, his wealth has spiked over 200%, like basically doubling. And so I just feel like, um, like these individuals like are working so hard, but at the same time, once they achieve like their status of wealth, they should try to like use their wealth and like um, bring it back to the overall community, especially in the technological field, just because um, like they're developing so much more like new inventions, like those new inventions to try helping the community also learn and also like start up and like um, grow from there. Um, yeah. And so like bringing it back to Elon Musk, I've looked into an article and it said like he's been working on this Starlink internet project. And so it's supposed to be able to bring like high speed um, internet throughout the world. And I just really think that like projects like these will be able to affect the global community more just because um, regardless of where someone lives or their economic status, they'll be able to like um, have future generations to get more opportunities and learn and improve. Yeah, I agree with that because I think technology is like the main aspect of improving one's wealth. Like now you have to have a computer like in school even. You have to have like a phone to contact somebody. You have to have some sort of technology in order to, I guess, like help assist you. Because like like you said before, like our world, um, like technology is becoming so prevalent now that it's like almost normal. Like we're on our phones like for several hours a day. We're on our computers for several hours a day. And I think that's also reflected in like countries. So like third world countries, they don't have access to technology. And like first world countries like America, like we have so much access to technology that we're so used to it. But like the rest of the world, so many like countries in the world don't have access to this technology that we have um, the privilege of having. So I think like by introducing projects like that, by introducing like more technology to the poor people, we can help decrease the gap a little because that's what's making the gap so big, the technology gap. And mm -hmm. yeah, cause the richest like 5% have like this access to technology, they have this, but the poor don't have access to that. And I feel like that's why they're kind of stuck there and they can't go anywhere. Yeah, I, to yeah I totally agree because um, for example, like, as you mentioned, Jeff Bezos and, um, like, Bill Gates, um, both of them have been trying to, like, make their own, like, projects to also give back to the community, and um, they've just been donating, like, billions of dollars trying to, um, like, improve education across, like, third world countries, as you said, so, um, yeah, they're, they, it's, like, constantly working on it, they're, they're constantly working on it, so, like, um, but, of course, it's, it's going to need, like, more effort from, like, everyone, and so I feel like, um, just because like they're the wealthiest 5%, I feel like um, it puts a lot of pressure on them, but like try having like everyone also try contributing to um, these lower income families. Yeah, I think um, like, I think I read somewhere that at one point Jeff Bezos had so much money, he could like buy so many people like a house, like mm -hmm. just like one house, like he could buy like, I think like, I don't know how many people, but it was like an obscene amount of people and houses are not cheap. They're pretty expensive. And that just shows like how much money he has. So I think like, like they just have so much money that, you know, it's not bad to just like give a little, give back to the community. Yeah. Like, um, like even though like it is a lot of money and you could give some back um, because I, it's really hard to be like the wealthiest 5% and it's very rare. So like, if you are one of those like privileged individuals, even if you did work hard, I think you should try to give back to people who aren't able to 
like get to where they want to be. So, and to, because that would definitely decrease the gap a little. I mean, if these key people keep making money, it's just going to keep getting worse. And that's what we keep seeing happening right now. They're just making more money and um, like the poor people aren't getting anywhere. So I think, you know, we just need to get somewhere and that starts with giving back to like the community and those who aren't able to afford or are like poor and they can't go anywhere because of like the little wealth that they have. So going off of that, like I saw in a documentary that those who are poor or who come from like minority communities are very unlikely to climb the wealth ladder. And what are your thoughts on like the almost never ending life of poverty for those at the bottom of the ladder? Like what I'm trying to ask is like this poverty cycle. So for example, if like a, a couple of parents are poor, it's very likely that the children will be poor and that the children of their children will be poor. And it just continues to generations and generations. And it's heightened through, I believe like race too. So what do you think about that? Yeah, so it's definitely unfortunate um, that like our so-called destinies are kind of like shaped or determined by the environments we grew up in. So like many low income families, like they try to break out of the cycle of poverty, uh, but are just never given the right opportunities to do so or like their, their environments just won't allow them to expand. So a lot of the funding, like, for example, like the United Nations, the United Nations have been trying to improve their living conditions, but um, yeah, a lot of work still has to be done in that aspect. And there definitely is like patterns between um, race and um, like kind of like the cycle of poverty, um, just because of the lack of um, opportunities in certain areas. And that's going to affect um, like the certain minorities that live there. And so if we just, for example, if we look into uh, the breakdown of software uh, or the ethnic breakdown of software engineers, over 50% of software engineers are white while another 30% are Asian. So it kind of just goes to show that like the people who lie in wealthier communities, um, just because of like their parents' success or their background, it allows them to get more opportunities to climb up the ladder pole. That was actually my next question. Like, what do you, do you think that racism and poverty are related? And like, you just answered it. Yeah, you do you think, and I do agree with you that I think they're very much related. I think I also read somewhere that like, there was a process called redlining which happened specifically towards black communities, what the government would do is they would like basically outline like certain neighborhoods and they would cut those out from the rest of like the city. And those neighborhoods were predominantly black neighborhoods and they would basically um, like give less opportunities to those neighborhoods and they would cut them off from the rest of the city just because they're predominantly black neighborhoods. So what we would find is that the white neighborhoods surrounding them were very affluent. You would find that like houses were much better and they had just better income overall while the redlined neighborhoods, the black communities had like much smaller houses, they had less opportunities, they, they had lower incomes. And I think that Yes, there definitely there is definitely correlation there, even though like the government might say no, there isn't a correlation. Mm -hmm. There we can definitely see a correlation. Yeah, um, I think that yeah, it's just because it's not just because like um, like your generation or like the your lineage is like poor. Um, that obviously plays a big factor, but I think it's also important to note that races is also like a very big factor in determining your wealth because. Like even if you um, 
even if you're trying to like get a good job or you're trying to like earn more money, if you're a certain race, you can get looked down upon, you can get offered less opportunities, you can just, you can basically lose an opportunity to another person of another race just because of your race and just because of the color of your skin. Yeah, I don't know, like, it's just because, yeah, the, the opportunities around you, like, that's one aspect. And then, obviously, your background. And that's just so unfortunate that your race, like, has such a big contribution to it. It's just because early on when, like, or, or like, obviously, because of issues with, like, African-Americans and also Asian population now. So, like, it, it kind of just, like, starts off like that. Um, it's kind of fundamentally different. And so it's harder to, like, break out of that cycle later on in life. Yeah, there's this analogy I found of like a black student and a white student. So they basically grew up at the same school, but the black student obviously was poor. His family had a lower income, but the white student, his family had higher income, nicer house, um, basically better opportunities. And so um, both of the students had the same GPA. They had, they took all the same classes, they did all the same things. And then when they grew up, they went, they got into the same colleges. The college um and then like even uh, at the same college they got the same gpa they did the same things mm-hmm. but then after they graduated they were applying for the same job and the resume let's say they had it had the exact same things on there too mm-hmm. but um the white student got accepted instead of the, the black student for the job offer and wow. so like yeah and um i think um like i also saw somewhere that like um if you have like a black last name or if you have like an Asian sounding last name or like um, a specific race sounding name you're less likely to get offered opportunities or get picked for something as opposed to someone with the white last sounding name so yeah I think it's kind of sad how like racism and poverty are related that racism has even like stretched its effect over poverty and over wealth inequality yeah um, yeah I just it's really sad to see that like some races um, more than others are experiencing like poverty or wealth inequality. They're at the bottom of the ladder just because of the race and just because of this misunderstanding that, um, you know, like they shouldn't be offered opportunities. But yeah, I think it's just really saddening and really aggravating to see that people are just still being judged and like where they can move up the wealth ladder. It's not just um, just when they're going outside or just when they're um, doing something, but it's also affecting like the opportunities they're being offered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And this is like a more personal question, but have you ever experienced a moment where you felt saddened for a family member or a friend because they couldn't afford the basic necessities or they could barely afford something? Yeah, so um, I guess I, I won't have like that, like I, I don't have like a really like severe example myself but there's just one memory that I had of an elementary school friend that I can just never forget. So he was a transfer student from Mexico that moved um, to our school during fourth grade. And he would always come to school with like baggy pants and torn shoes. And so no one really ever talked to him. And I just kind of noticed him sitting by himself during like snack time or lunchtime. And so one day I was just like curious enough to go up to him and ask him like who he was. And so mind you, I've never talked to him before, but um, he started telling me about how his parents were divorced and his mother came to America in search of a better life. And at a young age, I had no idea like what he was going through. But now that I look back on it, like I wonder how sad he must have felt just um, being so young and 
having no friends and like living in such harsh conditions. And I feel like that kind of relates to the last question in that like the opportunities that like for the community that a person grows up in, it's going to shape their lifestyle for like afterwards. I'm glad you went up to when you talked to him. Like it's, well, this is like off topic, but it's kind of hard to approach someone who's like no one's talking to. It's mm-hmm. easy to approach someone who everyone knows, but I'm glad you talked to him and you got to learn more about him and his like situation. Um, because um, like you said, it's like a memory you couldn't forget. Um, like it's a sad memory, but you're able to like see like the effects of like this wealth inequality by looking at that memory. And now you're able to understand like how severe the situation is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just glad you like came up to him and talked to him because not everyone would do that. And it's just not easy to approach someone who might like, this is like kind of mean, I guess, but it might be hard to approach someone who's like, obviously at a lower wealth status than you. Like you just like feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't approach to them. Like, are they like, I don't know. I feel like there's this common stereotype that people at a lower wealth status, like dirty or like unkempt or um, like along those lines, like they're uneducated, like they're like, they're unapproachable. But um, like, I think we should like start to like break those stereotypes as we did by like trying to help them talk to them more directly and see like what the issue is, like what they're going through. Because um, to be honest, like we don't really know what they're going through. Um, I would say like, for me at least I'm like at least middle class I'm not like poor I'm at least like upper middle class um so I think like we don't really know like we're in this bubble where we don't know like the severity the effects of poverty like for me especially for me at least I've never had to worry about like getting to afford something like food or like water or clothes like I didn't have to worry about that um but like these people it's hard for them to even afford food or water so I think if we, we have to like get to know these people and talk to them more to understand what they're going through, because I feel like we don't understand because we've never had to really go through some, a severe situation in terms of poverty. Yeah, I totally agree. Like there's just that underlying like stereotype or like kind of hidden, like we, I don't know, it's just like when you try approaching someone, like, like you, you, you feel kind of nervous, especially if they're like kind of like dressed in a certain way. But like once you get to know them, like you get really get to understand their situation and it really touched me because I remember back in, or like on the one, like the first week of high school, when we got back in school, I like met him there. Cause like, obviously, he, really cool. yeah. And so I talked to him a little bit more and I was like, wow, like, like, it, and their living conditions improved as well. So, you know, I was, I was very glad and I got to catch up with him. Wow. That's cool. You met him in high school too. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's like a reunion almost. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And I'm glad his living situation improved yeah it's just I guess it's cool to see how like um like you met him at first like he was in a poor living situation but you met him again in high school and he was doing a little better so yeah I think like in general we just need to get to know these people more even though they might seem unapproachable um and we don't know a lot about them because we haven't been in their situation but like like in elementary school they always said to put yourself in other people's shoes so you can see what they're going through what they're feeling and I think we need to do that um, I think that applies to like the wealthiest 5% too. I feel like they need to see more like what these communities are going through because maybe they have been through that before, before they got wealthy. But I mean, it, there's also a high chance that they didn't um, go through that before they became wealthy or they could have forgotten that when they became wealthy. So I think um, in order to like better these projects that you talk about, 
like what are these um, projects donations they need and make them more personalized so they can have maximum like improvement for the community they need to go directly and like talk to these people get to know them get to know like what they need help with the most in order to maximize the input of like the donations and what they're doing yeah um this is also this is like an obvious question but have you ever like seen like the effects of wealth inequality in our community i know you kind of already answered that like because you said you met this kid at school but have you ever like seen it in general like in a more broad general sense like in our community yeah so um obviously we we live kind of close to the la community like downtown la so i remember when my parents used to work or, or they still do work but um or they, they work at um, Caltrans and their and their like um, organization is near downtown LA. And so one day when I went with him to work and I just saw like a bunch of um, homeless people like around the big buildings, even though these companies were like, like, or it's Caltrans, right? Because like, they're extremely like, it's like, it's a government organization, but around the area, like it, there were just a lot of homeless people. And I just was looking at that, I was like, wow, like this is like type of community that we're living in. And it's just like really shocking for like a young person to see like it. But then we understand like this is kind of the world and we need to start improving it um, from there. Yeah, I think LA is a really good example of wealth inequality. Like you see all these celebrities living in LA, you see all these famous influencers living in LA and you see all these nice buildings, nice stores. I think there's like one specific plaza that has like all these luxury designer stores. Yeah. But like, then you see like LA probably has one of the biggest populations of homeless people like probably in California maybe in the country it's like I'm think I think I drive past drove past LA once with like my family and we saw like this whole street covered with tents like with homeless people in them and I've never seen like so many homeless people in one like setting before um like I've seen a couple like near my house like in my city but I've never seen them like so congregated and I've never seen so many before so like it shocked me just how like how many homeless people there were and how different like different parts of LA are because like obviously the wealthiest part is really nice you, like you wouldn't expect like homeless people to be a part of LA because when you think about LA you think about like it's a big city you think about like these nice stores these celebrities but then like you go to some parts of LA and you see like these homeless people there and these like less unfortunate people there and it's like so shocking to see like such a difference in like one city. I think that's just like so shocking to see the results. Yeah. Yeah, and like some people are living really well in LA. Some people aren't, obviously. So yeah, I think um, like especially in our community, it's it's kind of it's very prevalent. Like it's not hard to find. Um, well, wealth inequality is like affecting all of us. I would say, and yeah it's just not hard to find you don't have to look for it anywhere it's just directly there even when you don't look for it you can see it all around yeah. like the community so i think it's a serious problem that like we need to address um and we need to talk about because a lot of people don't know that wealth inequality is getting worse and it's um it, it kept increasing over the past years and it, it's gonna probably keep on increasing um because we are going to reach a point probably where there's such a big gap that there might be like rebellions or like riots like it's it might get that bad soon in like um, a couple years and you know I think we should just 
address the problem before it gets any worse because it it is already really bad like i said before like the top five percent has more wealth than like our society combined and that just shows a lot about like the wealth distribution in terms of like the top five percent to the rest of society so yeah i think we just need to talk about this more and educate more people about this because people don't know like what's happening and like the increasing wealth inequality happening and I think we just need to know about it because, you know, if we're, go- if we're going through something, we need to know about it so we can address it and try to prevent it um, and like encourage others to help like the, the poor populations or those in poverty. And this is related to the last question, but um, what can we, what do you think like we can do um, as students at our schools to help those who are unable to afford basic necessities or access to technology like in our community? Because a lot of times, like, students think, like, they don't have any power. They can't do anything because they're just students compared to, like, teachers or principals. So, like, what do you think we can do as students to try to address the situation in our community? Yeah. So, like, at school, especially, that we're giving, like, a lot of opportunities to to create clubs and, like, work with teachers that um, already, like, are ready to, like, interact with the students and maybe help them with whatever, um, like, project they want to start. I started coding power just because I learned computer science when I was young and I really found an interest in it. And so I was like, oh, maybe I can just uh, share my interest with like younger students and um, get that, you know, like same spark of passion in order to like want to do, uh, want to go into another field. And so as for like other other high schoolers, I would say like if you are really passionate about something and you really like to do something, you can also use that as a way to teach a younger generation to maybe follow in your footsteps or something or like go down the same path so you can so they can experience the same things um, and you know learn more about other um, other like topics and so i feel like if we're able to outreach to younger students and maybe like teach them or guide them um, into different fields and it could be of course like in and this could just work for anyone um like uh, or it can like they, they would be able to help um, people of like any race or um, any wealth status. So I just feel like doing these types of projects or like helping out the younger community um, just helps the next generation grow. Mm-hmm. I think I, I like what you said about like younger students. We should definitely help the younger generation because like that's where it all starts. Like um, I feel like if you reach a certain point in age, it's not too late, obviously, to try and like um, grow like. I guess improve like your wealth status, but it's easier to start with younger students and to try to help the younger generation improve um, because that's like the age where like you grow the most, where you like improve the most, where you like, I guess, learn the most and you can improve and keep on improving. So I think, yes, we should also start about start with the young generation, but I think it's also important to note that nobody's too young again to like try to improve or try something new um, or try to like, um, improve like their life and their lifestyle like um, it doesn't matter if you're like um, a little kid a teen or even like um, like in your mid like 40s or mm-hmm. 50s like it doesn't matter how old you are you can honestly like always improve on your wealth status on your well-being on your like I guess like yeah just your wealth status so um, I think everyone has an opportunity so I think um, what we can do is try to help um, everyone of all ages, it is important to focus on the younger generation, but I think we should also focus on all ages so we can help them 
improve. You never know if someone who's like older wants to improve. You always yeah. have to have that motivation too. But if they do want to, then you should obviously try to help them and encourage people to realize that you're never too old or you're never too like young to try to improve um, like your work, your life, your lifestyle. Yeah. On that, oh, also on that note, like that's why like a bunch of technology changes would definitely be beneficial because um, if, if people would be able to like have access to the internet, uh, for example, like that other example of like Elon Musk project, I feel like everyone would have to start having the chance to like access online tools. And there's always free resources like um, Khan Academy or just like other like online um, like schools, they, they could be able to help um, and just get anyone started. Honestly, like what everyone is saying right now is like YouTube videos are like the main source of education. You yeah. can basically find everything on YouTube right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's all sorts of videos there you can find. So, you know, like if they just had access to like these basic technological devices, then they could be able to access these resources that are free. Like they don't cost anything at all. But what costs money for these people is probably the technology itself. So yeah. I think if we start with the technology, like you said, then we can just help them access like free resources that are easily accessible once you have the technology. But again, the reason why most resources are unaccept- unaccessible or inaccessible to these people are is because they don't have access to, the- to technology in the first place. So I think if we just start somewhere with providing technology or education, we can just help them gain more resources.